So I'm really lucky now to have lots of money and it's cool. Having lots of money is cool. I really love having a nice big house like this. I like that. Like I'm proud to have lots of money. I'm a first generation millionaire. Uh, the first one in my family to, to cross the line. But uh, for me, you know, I, I grew up working class. Did anyone else here grow up working class, you know? And I think, I think working class comes with a lot of assumptions that really, you know, um, really stop us when it comes to creating money. And then with those of us that are seekers, we can sometimes even get more lost when it comes to money. See, I believe in life, everyone worships something. Like everyone worships something. And if I was to say what the working class worship, they worship hard work and money. And you might say, well, they don't worship money. Well, then why do they give their whole life to go and obtain it? And it's an interesting question because there's a time in your life when you're a child and you got told you can't have that because we don't have enough money. Or I have to go to work, even though it's school holidays, I have to go to work. I would really like to spend time with you, but I have to go do this other thing because I have to go get money. And then at some point in your life, you got a job and you, you joined the working class and you wanted to be playing with your friends. But instead, you had to be at your new job, you know, mowing the lawns or doing the chores because you had to get money. Money feeds you. Money puts a house over your head. Money, money. It's everywhere. It's It's there. And this was really interesting. It was such a difference when I hung out with billionaires is this wasn't a focus at all. When I, when I got to spend time, and there's only been a couple of times, there's only 2,200 billionaires on the planet. I know Brees hung out with one as well, one of the most famous ones. Most of them aren't famous. There's 2,260 of them, eight New Zealanders, the Kiwis, 36 Aussies. Uh, and out of those, what's really interesting is 63% of them are self-made. That's two-thirds. That's really interesting to me, meaning they all started out working class and found a way to get through because a lot of us think there must be something else out there. So it's really interesting to, to think about those people, you know, someone like J.K. Rowling uh, or, you know, um, Mark Cuban or, you know, Oprah Winfrey or, or these, these people that we know, the famous ones, but then there's a whole heap of others. So anyway, I started to really uh, obsess about, you know, the structure of money. What is money? And what I realized is there's a much different way of being for those that have it and have lots of it versus those who don't. And uh, I wanted to kind of explain some of the things that, that I noticed that then allowed me to have uh, more, than, more than most and to be moving towards even more. Uh, and then what I saw about people and myself when I wasn't able to have it, because it's a very, very, very big difference. So the, the first thing that I got taught in, uh, in working class was I got taught that you, you don't love your day, that you must sacrifice for later. Meaning you've got this life, you've got this day, and you don't love it. You have to go do it. You know, my mom was a nurse. Uh, my dad worked in telecommunications. They didn't say, yes, that's what I want to go do on my day off. Right? They did it. That's what they had to do. It was, a, it was something you had to go and do. You didn't like it. And then as children, we got taught you got to go to school. Even though you don't like it, you have to go not like your day. Why? Because you have to go do something that you don't enjoy because you need money and that's what we need to survive. 
So there's this whole premise that you've got to go give your, your time and your day. You must sacrifice for something to come in the future. Did anyone else get these unconscious instructions? Yeah, yeah? you've got to sacrifice for later. The payoff's going to come later, they say. And then they condition us to this, right? Here's a gold star for doing good in, in sports, for sitting down quietly on the mat. Well done. You get a certificate for doing this, for passing your test. And you work, you work to something. You work to something. So the whole idea of the working class is that there's going to be this, this thing that you can obtain. If you work hard, you can get there. Does that make sense? You can get somewhere. If you do what you don't like now, you're going to be rewarded in the future. And there's this carrot that you never seem to get to. J just me or did we all kind of get this? Yeah. yeah. yeah? And so it conditions us. Oh, it's going to be in the future. So I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to even spend money. You know, I talked to someone yesterday, $60,000 that, that she'd spent on her, uh, on her university. She's 27. She's 60 grand in the hole, about to come out. Like we spent, it's going to come. It's going to come. And it, it's, it's really interesting, this setup, because most of us then take this exact same thing and put it into business. You know, we say, later, I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it later. And so what's really interesting to me is that when I, when I spoke to the, uh, these people who had manifested and created a lot of wealth, they didn't seem to be waiting for anything. You see, this person here is a victim of circumstance and conditioning. And what basically says, I can't do what I love because I have to get money. True. I can't go do what I love because I have to get money. It's like the working class belief. I can't do what I love because I have to get money. So where's the power in the working class? Is the power in them? Where's the power? The power's in the money. Money's the, money's the God. It is the power, you see. In the working class mentality, money is the thing that gives you what you want and can take it away. And if you could just get more of it, then you could have it. Do you see the structure here? You see the structure, that's where the power is. The power isn't in us. See, we want to be, uh, you know, musicians and we want to dance and we want to travel and we want to spend time with our family. We want to do all these things, but we can't because of this, you see, in that order as well, Brie, in that order. Want to play a dog, but we can't, right? <laughs> so so we, we have this, this structure that says I've got to go get that in order to get there. Can you see the loop? Hey, Brett, can you see the, the loop? You're here in your current reality. You'd like to get here to your end result, but you have to go this way to get money and be unhappy to then finally get there. Do you see it? Yeah. Like that's the loop. It's like this opposite. You've got to go this long route to just having what you want. But what I found when I talk to the people that have what they want, they just did this, right? They just did this. Think about like Jim Carrey, Steven Spielberg, Oprah. They just, they just go to the end result. They didn't go this way, that they have to go and do something before having it. 
and it's it's such an interesting thing to think about is that you can actually get into a place where you got to have it and and this is what happens so i'm sitting there and uh, i'm talking to him his name's mark by the way and he and he looks at me and he says chris you must be it before you see it you must be it before you see it he goes your working class conditioning is working against you. He said, your identity is working against you. He said, the reason why you can never hold on to money is because you're conditioned to be someone that's always going for the next thing. He said, he said to me, Chris, you code up yourself as a striver, right? You're an achiever. You need to feel like you're going for it. He said, you need it, you feel frustrated. Right? And if you win, you feel good if you win. He said, look, you, you've got this whole idea that it's bad now and good later. He said, this is your coding. Anyone else got this coding? Right? He said, you can't plant these seeds into the universe and grow instead of being an astriver, being a receiver. Just having it, instead of being an achiever going for something, you've got to be the one that's already achieved. Instead of going for it, you have it. You see the difference? I'm planting this into the universe, and so I could never be this. Instead of being frustrated, I've got to feel abundant. And instead of bad now, good later, it's just good now, and it's better than later. And I started to realize that I was planting seeds of scarcity trying to grow an abundance tree. What would happen? So let me tell you if this has happened to any of you. I would go for it, and then somehow I end up right back where I started. I'd go for it, and then somehow I end up right back where I started. Why? Because I had conditioned for 30 years the identity of not having it. And that identity did not want to die. Right? It did not want to die. So if I ever got it, there's this identity in me that says, no, you're just little old Chris from Porirua, New Zealand. That's where you're from. You don't have that. You know, you're the one that said, oh, Dad, I want to get some Jordan basketball shoes. And he said, you can't have $300 basketball. That's my idea. You can't have it. If you want it, you've got to mow. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. and do You see, you're that. And that identity of now is bad future will be good was what was stopping me you see because as soon as i'd get there well now the now is good and you know what things i'd say to myself well i'm bored i better start a new thing i'm frustrated i better give it away i, I better give it away why how can i have more i felt guilty having more because it wasn't me you see it was like i was in this new reality where i had to have it but i'd never conditioned myself to having it so what would happen is I would go towards it, my identity would pull me back. I'd go towards it, my identity would pull me back. And I see this with people in relationships, in their business. I see it with money. I see it in their success. I see it everywhere. They do this. Because the identity is the thing that is stopping them the most. And it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Because, by the way, is this landing with anyone? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big thing. Yeah, because because if if you code up that now is bad, future is good. Striving, driving, frustrated, pissed, all these emotions. You can't have it, right? Bree manifested some time with with um, with Branson, right? He not like that. Not at all, right? Richard Branson. So so Bree. Bree manifested a safari with Branson. Wow. Went, went spent time with him. He's not like that, right? Do you think he's like that because he has the money or do you think he was like that before the money? Has to be before, otherwise he wouldn't keep it. See, we look, we look at people who have achieved and we think that because they have it, that's how they became, but they're just in love with one thing and that's the now. So we look at, you know, Bill Gates and we think, wow, he spends all this time reading. He goes on Think Weeks. No, he did that first, right? He did that first. He was doing it first. And then that was the result. They don't change when they get there. Bless you. They don't change. And that's the interesting thing is you've got to be it now. And so there's a, there's a way to do it, and I want to explain it to you because this is what changed a lot for me. But just having the awareness that, you gotta, you got to get to it now because otherwise you'll just keep coding up that something's going to come into your life to change the now, and that paradigm is the working-class paradigm that keeps us all stuck in a little golden cage that lets us get a little bit outside the cage, but we're so used to being in the cage that we come back. They can literally leave the door open to your freedom and you're just like that bird that just stays inside the cage because the cage is what you know. Does that make sense? This is just what you know, and it's not your fault. We have up to seven generations of patterning coded into our DNA through emotions, through thought patterns, so, so it's there. Then between the ages of zero and seven, you have no conscious facility, so you code up every single thing that's given to you from your parents, from your teachers who have jobs, who are stuck, who are not enjoying what they do. You spend your whole childhood around people who are sacrificing the day for something future, for, for some future sacrificing the day saying they don't love it. Make sense? And that's the key antidote. The opposite of that is the key. What do you think the opposite is? What's the opposite of this paradigm? Living for the now. The now must be better than the future. The now must be better than any future. So, so check this out. When I realized that I would do the exact same day, whether I had a million, a billion, or zero dollars in my bank account, when I realized I would have the exact same day, when I realized that I wouldn't change, that's when it all opened up. When I truly realized that I'm just as happy now as I'd be with an extra 10 million in my bank, then it was there. See, my day would be the same if I lost it all. I'd have a smaller house, I'd have to walk my dogs myself, right? I would have the same day. 
I would have the same day. I would still wake up and have coffee with Harriet. Sure, it might not be going out and having, I'd have that. I'd do my meditations, my manifestations. I'd walk on the beach exactly the same. I would connect with, with you guys. I would put videos out. I would inspire. I would run a business. I would speak on stage. That's my day. You see? If there's a million in my bank, which there is, if there's three million, which there will be, there's 10 million, which there's going to be, it doesn't change my day. My day's better than any of that. Does that make sense? It's not going to change me. And you've got to find that. And it's the most important thing. When you find that, then, oh, cool. Scott messaged me last night. He goes, bro, we, we just did double the amount of sales this month than last month. I'm like, sweet. I wake up. I do my meditation. I'm speaking with you guys. I'm doing my YouTube video. I'm reading my books, right? He rings me a few weeks ago. Chris, all of our Facebook ads have been hacked. All of our clients are getting money taken out of their account. Oh, I wake up, I do my meditation, I do my video, I'm the same. I feel just the same. Does that make sense? You, you, you're out of emotional alignment. The working class is out of emotional alignment with their goals because they believe when they have their goals, life will be better. I know it's hard to swallow that information, isn't it? <laughs> because you know what? The personal development world tells us the opposite. It says, what would your life be like if you had a Ferrari? What would it be like if you had this? What would it be like if you had a 10 million in the bank? It'd, it'd be exactly the same. If you've gone and bought a flash car before, you know that very soon it just becomes the car. Right? When I first got this house, I was like, holy shit. I got my own beach. I got a freaking pool. This is epic. Six bedrooms. I'm going to have a video room and this room. You know, I got my, my equipment out there. Oh, this is so good. Now it's my house. I'm already thinking about the next house. <laughs> right? Because that was my conditioning to be thinking about the next house. You must be it before you see it. And this is the number one most important thing we must unplug from. The personal development world does not help us. You go to an event and they literally condition this even more. They say, now's not good enough. You need this diet. Then you get an amazing body. You, feel so, you, you should feel so good, but you don't. Well, now, you know, that bit's not perfect. That bit's not, I still don't love myself, you know. My life sucks now. I need a business. Well, then you get a business. Oh, well, this just sucks in a different way. True? It's because we haven't mastered the now. We are still a victim to circumstances. The circumstances are, are the thing we're trying to change. And it's like this. It's like, you know, we, we go to the, the doctor and we write out all of our problems. And the doctor says, hey, no worries. Cool. Give this one to your mother. Give, here's a prescription. Give this one to your best friend. Give, give this one to society. And expect all of them to change, and that's going to change you, you know. It, it's really interesting. It also reminds me of that, you know, that story. There's that, that guy, he's lost his keys, and he's looking for it in the dark outside. And he's looking for his keys. He's looking for his keys. And he can't find his keys. So his neighbor comes and starts helping him. And they're looking for the keys in the dark. They can't find it. So the neighbor says, well, where, where, where did you drop them? He says, oh, I dropped them inside. So I dropped them inside. And then, well, why are we looking outside? He said, well, it's dark in there. I needed light to look. You see? But how many of us are looking outside of us going, oh, it's a new job, it's more money, it's more this, it's more that, right? 
because it's darker, it's harder to look inside, you know, and go, well, I can have it now. I mean, isn't it ridiculous for us living in Australia with Wi-Fi, uh, a fridge and a freezer, you know, uh, roof, all of us have shelter, all of us, to still not be able to feel abundance. Just imagine a moment where you go back to your ancestors 110 years ago, right? Keith will tell you. And you go back there. <laughs> you go back there and you say, oh, yeah, life is so hard. I have to press a button to wash all my clothes. You know, on a hot day, I just go to this thing which actually has cold ice cubes. Oh, you don't know what ice cubes are? Well, they've literally we've got water and made it real cold. So when it's 40 degrees, we can still have a cold drink, right? Like just the small things that we're like, whatever, man. Of course they had freezers back then. No, they didn't. You know, that's not a thing. Oh, we get to sit in air conditioning, right? Just, just the level of abundance that we still haven't allowed ourselves to accept, right? It, it, you know, the question we have to ask ourselves, if we really look at ourselves as a species, is when will we just go, hey, you know what, should we live, should we live for now? You know, every single generation thinks there's something we're going to improve, something we're going to do, and then we're going to reach the promised land, right? Then it's go then, or then we can be abundant. And it is the true, isn't it true? Each Once we get this, once we get this, once we get this. I wonder how many times our ancestors thought, man, I could just have a car. You know, I wouldn't have to use this horse and cart, man. If I could just, oh, my God, if I could just take the fire from outside and if I could just, like, cook my food in, wow. Just think about the basic things we have now, but we're still, aren't we? Oh, Chris, if I had a million-dollar business, then I'd be happy, right? Or if I had this. And, and that, that is the reason why we can't have it. Does that make sense? That's the reason why is because we haven't conditioned ourselves to already having it and being it. You know, if, if you don't have the ability to find abundance in the fact that you can have a nice cold drink on a hot day, and walk down to a freaking view. There's, who's not from Australia in this room? One, two, there's four of us, five of us, right? If you can't feel the abundance here that you can get an ice cold drink and walk down to a beautiful beach for free, you're missing it. There's no money that can give you that. True? There's no, you can't, you still, that's the thing is you have a million bucks. You know what? You might just have someone else get you the drink. You'd still have to go and do the moment. But have we practiced doing the moment? That's the thing. We don't, we don't practice it because we sit and practice, oh, future. Future is going to be great. Future is going to be great. And, and, and it's the opposite that will set you free. And that's the truth. And so when it, when it comes to money and manifesting more of it, the first, the first thing is that you've got to realize that right now, you got to feel everything and everything that you think you're going to feel if you had the money. Because otherwise you're not ready for it. You're not conditioned for it. You, if you can't feel abundance, the fact that you've got the ability to walk down to a shop and get a coffee made from you from someone else and you've got, you can't feel the abundance now. If you can't feel the moment, you'll never keep the money. Because your identity won't know what to do. It will just have to keep going for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And you'll just be on this endless quest, you know. 
And so the, the first thing to, to really do is, by the way, is this landing? Yeah. Is this what you guys needed to hear today? The, the first thing is, is number one, is you've got to have your, your day that is better than any future. Your day needs to be better. There's no better day than I could have than what I'm having right now. You know, musicians should always play music, you know. Warren Buffett's 89 years old. He's the third richest person on the planet, and he still thinks about making money because that's just what he does. That's him. That's what he does. He's doing it, you know. Like Michael Jordan played basketball, right, had to play basketball, retired, so then he bought a basketball team. Right? So now he owns one. He's got to do basketball. That's what he's got to do, you see. But the, what does the working class do? The working class says, well, I'm going to do this for now, and then I'm going to retire. Uh, well, what am I? Who am I? You see, what's life about? And so the first thing is your, your day that you have now needs to be better than any future day. And you've got to choose to have that day structured in the exact way that you would still live that day as a good metaphor as a billionaire, you'd live the exact same day. What do you do when you wake up? What, how do you serve the world? How, what sort of exercise do you? What is your day? And then you will realize when you get this that you can already have your day. You can already have it. And what's more important than that? There's nothing. Because every single day, if you can end the day going, you know what, if I die tomorrow, that was my perfect day. If I make a billion dollars, I'm still going to do that day. That's when you got it. That's my day. That's what I'll do. That's when you're unplugged from your working class conditioning. When you just have your day, what would you do? Spend time with your family. If that's what it is, you would do this. So, so my, like what I'm doing right now, this is what I'm supposed to do. I am a speaker. I'm an inspiration. You can probably feel my energy when I'm talking on this topic versus the, the business topic. This is what I'm supposed to do. People ask me, I say, Chris, why are you shifting into more into the mindset stuff? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. And you find your thing and then you do it. The next thing is you must feel the way you, you must feel it now. You cannot be in scarcity and frustration and, and all these, these feelings if that's not how you would feel if you had your more money end result. I'm not going to tell you how you should feel. They just got to match up. And here's how you know. If you made all the money you want to make, would you feel different than you feel now? And if the answer is, well, yeah, I would, well, then you've got to get into that feeling, whatever it is. I don't agree with the 22-year-old uh, the uh, essential oil-selling millennial sitting on a hill in Bali uh, with taking their Instagram photos telling me that I have to feel abundance in order to make money. It's just not true. I've met many, many, many people that have made lots of money that don't feel abundant. They don't. They feel scarcity. They feel frustrated. But they're in their end result of having the money. Does that make sense? There's no perfect way you must feel to have it. Because uh, the, the last thing is to understand is that success is not personal.
We have been told that success is personal, that we must improve ourselves, develop ourselves, all these things. It's, it's just not. It's just not. Success is uh, being able to set out something that you want to achieve and then achieving it, right? That's success. So I'd like to have that and then, then I achieve that. I mean, if that's, that's success. And that isn't personal. It doesn't require you to be anything because you can try to be all sorts of things. I know people who are not smart that have really big businesses. How many of you know someone that's not as smart as you that have a bigger business than you, right? It's not about being smart, you know? I know people that are really smart and have business and great success and people not. So it's not about smarts. It's not about the perfect emotion. It's about understanding the structure of anything you want to create, okay? And so, and then it's being in that structure. So the last thing that I wanted to share on this topic is that there's a structure for money. There's a structure for it. It, do, it's, um, it doesn't need you, first off, here's what it doesn't need. It doesn't need you to be a certain way. You just got to be in your end result, whatever that is. Money doesn't have a rule. There's no, uh, there's no code you can download. There's no amount of ayahuasca you can take that will mean money just flows to you. Those are all things you can do, but they just don't as the, and you can expand yourself. You don't need to embody it or you just got to be you and then understand that your, any success you create has nothing to do with you. It's a structure. And this is a really hard thing for people to get their head around. It's like, you can be 100% you feeling the way you feel and you can create whatever you want. You don't got to, you don't got to be anything other than, than you. And when I say this, people, sometimes I get conflicted though, but Chris, didn't you just say like, I have to be in the end result of it? Yeah. You be in the end result. That's it. You live your life, live your perfect day and anything you want to create is a structure. So can anyone tell me the structure of creating money? Did anyone, anyone's heard me say this before? How do you get more money? Good. You guys are going to be like, oh, that's right. Money's going to flow to you if you add value to another human being in a way they want to pay for it. You must add value to another human being in a way they want to pay for it. That's what money's, that's money's rule. Because what is money? It's not an energy. It's a measurement. It measures something, you see. And when you think about it being a measurement, you realize that is what it is. It measures. I agree, you know, that it used to be a lot cleaner when it was attached to the gold standard. And, you know, I understand there's the Federal Reserve that's its own company. I'm woke. I get it. But when you think about it, money is still a measurement. And we all have units of this measurement. How did we get it? We had to add value to another human being in a way they wanted to pay for it. A lot of us did that to start off with as jobs. There was an employer. They needed something done for them. That was the value they wanted. They wanted to pay for it in this way, and we come and did it. That's why we got the money. You see, in business, there's someone over there, a human being, and you've got to give them the value. And so the, the second question, well, Chris, what is value? That's a good question. So what is value? Value is simply increasing pleasure or decreasing pain. 
That's it, all it is. So everyone has a different value on a different thing because they associate more pleasure or they have more pain. That's what, if you break down what, what giving value means, it means increasing satisfaction or pleasure or decreasing a problem, true? That's it. A lot of people say, you're, you know, you can only sell to problems. It's not true. Walt Disney didn't. There was no problem before Disneyland came around. I know. <laughs> that was a problem. Everyone was walking around going, you know, there's something missing in my life. There's no massive theme park here. I don't even know what a theme park is, but I just just feel like I need a big mouse, a goofy dog. I need like standing lines all day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we all we all would prefer to have more money in our bank account. That's a good choice. That's fine. In order for you to have it, step number one is you've got to find your day that you will live that day and you must own it. You must become in charge of your reality because once you do the first one, you're no longer a victim of your circumstances. You're no longer a victim to this world that says you can't have the day you really, really want until you do something. Does that make sense? You're no longer a victim in that structure. So step number one is that. You must have a day that you're going to live. Now, I know you're not going to live it every single day, right? You've got to still do your tech. You've got to do things. But if you could hit that day, let's say 60 70% of the time, right, that's all you're going to get to anyway because even if you have all the money, you're still going to have to deal with days where someone you love dies. You have to put down your puppy, right? There's, those things are going to happen, right? That's part of it. It's part of it. You see, so my point is, is that that's part of it. But if you can have that day that you will live, even if you had it, that's step one. So that's my first challenge for you is to really think what would be a day that if even if I was a billionaire, I would still live. Money was no object, if that's a better way to put it, rather than billionaire. What would I do? Like, what would I spend my 16 hours of waking time, right? Unless you're mental and you only sleep like four hours. What would you spend your 20 hours? Whatever you do. What are you going to do? What are you going to invest that time into? Because you get 360-something, 64 or 65, depending which year. You get That's how many you get of those, right, each year. So, and that's a great measurement. In my opinion, the, well, there's two really good measurements that we have. One is your day, one is your week. I never, ever have a bad week. Some days I have some crappy days. But you're never going to have a bad week. And you just got to own that measurement because they do stack up. And having that day, I, I promise you, there's not a single one of you that can't have your ideal day now exactly how you would have it, except some BS excuses you've given yourself. The second thing is you must be it now. Once you, once you fully get into a place that the now is better than the future, then all of the uh, resistance is no longer there. You can just have it. And, and what I mean by this, a lot of us reject where we are in life. We reject circumstances we have. And here's what it looks like. We push against it. And it's like a pendulum. We push it, it comes back. We push it, it comes back. I don't like being broke. I don't want to be in my job. 
I don't want this. And so we push it, right? And as we push it, guess what? It keeps on coming back because we the one giving it energy. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm happy with this. I'm happy with my messed up relationship with this person. I'm all, I'm good. Ah, it's so good. You, and you, oh, you hold it, then it loses its energy. You're no longer resisting because by in resisting something, it owns you. You know, there's this little cute saying, because hey, it rhymes, what you resist will persist. It's nice. It's kind of cute. Got to rhyme. People like it. But I think it's more than that. What you, re what you resist owns you because you're thinking about it so much. A lot of people resist failure, being broke, being single. You know, they resist having a divorce so much that they're not choosing love anymore, not choosing their life, right? And so it owns them. They're so scared of judgment or scared of what the world will think or scared of what dad might think or the high school bully or this or this. So they're so resist. It's still there in their field. And so it's still taking up their energy and they've got to realize, you know what, I'm, I'm the one giving it energy. It keeps coming back instead of going, you know what, I'm cool with it. And then when you finally bring it in and you feel good now, even with whatever's in your current reality, that's when you get into choice. Because you realize that your, your, what you want to manifest won't change you. That's when you can do step three. And instead of going, hey, I'm going to have this and I'm going to be loved by the world. You know, real, real controversial guy, right? You know, he's in, in charge of the United States. Controversial dude. But what I, what I can respect about him is he can manifest I think he's married two supermodels, made a lot of money. Everyone on the planet knows his name. Uh, re reality TV, property, and then somehow, against all odds, I mean, when I first heard he was running prison, I thought it was a Simpsons joke. I thought it was a joke. But then he made it happen. Because success not personal. It's not personal. It's not about, you know, he didn't have to self-develop himself, right? He just pees himself. Yeah, what a great example of just being controversially a dude, you know, being, being him, but still being able to manifest what he wants, you know? Pretty interesting stuff. Yet most of us, when we think of, you know, manifestation, we, you know, we're going to go listen to, you know, someone who's written a book, you know, uh, that, you know, has has got a, a few million dollars to their name or something and they haven't really done. But that, you know, when I think of someone who really manifests what they want, bends the world to what they want, that's the type of person that I think, wow, well, that's interesting at least. I don't have to agree with anything. But think about Oprah. Like she didn't have to fix herself, right, because success wasn't personal. She just made it happen. You know, Steve Jobs had a whole thing going on about being um, adopted, Right, it wasn't apparently wasn't a super nice dude. If you've read his books and stuff, apparently wasn't. Apparently, I never met him, so it's a, you only hear the stories. But still, was able to create. You know, Michael Jackson, right? Didn't didn't work on himself. You know, didn't he was just him. He was just it. You see, all sorts of. So, so I'm trying to say is you can be it now, right? Like in your total incompleteness. I use Lady Gaga as an example. I think. Well, I think she's incredible. We went and saw her live. 
She's, she's incredible. And, um, you know, she cried before she went out to Madison Square Garden, sold out, cried because she still felt like a loser, felt like she was going right? And so, so the point isn't to say, hey, let you, you know, feel like that. The point is, is that success isn't personal. You don't got to fix you to have it, you know? It's interesting, you know, just to finish this up, um, it's just really interesting to me how much the working class mentality is holding us to this, holding us captive here, you know? And, and to bring it right back around is working class says now is not good. Work hard. You're going to get a goal. You're going to get this future that's better. But that conditions us to never being able to have it. True. And so you've got you to gotta have it now.